Hello and welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles, and joining me this week is my friend across the pond, William Gallagher. Thanks for joining me. I'd love, thank you for having me. Come on, tell me about your new watch. You got it, you got it. What, what are you laughing about? I just, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, <laughs> welcome. Tell me about the watch. You've got a new watch. I want to know. Yes, I want to talk all about the watch. I do want to mention very quickly, on Apple Related, you tweeted that you have been re-elected to something over there in England. And uh, yeah, I congratulated you on Twitter, but I don't know exactly what I'm congratulating you of. <laughs> so just just tell us real quick, uh, what, what happened there? Is, isn't that what we all do on social media? Like, like, what is that? Ah, like. <laughs> <laughs> I read your tweet. I mean, I actually read it. I know what it said. I just don't know what it meant. Um, I am, again, a deputy chair of the Writers Guild of Great Britain, which I'm deeply uh, privileged uh, to be. I, I love what our union is doing for writers here in the UK. Uh, writers Guild of America, West and East, doing amazing things over there. Uh, I'm really proud to even be a member of the Guild. So to be an officer and deputy chair is just huge for me. So That's awesome. It. Well, yeah. congratulations. I would love to jump in to all about the Apple Watch Series 6. William is, is rocking the four. You're holding on to that four. Oh, yes. And so my review now will, will be either to convince or to not <laughs> William <laughs> to tempt him to get a new six. So I have the Series 6. I ordered it the day of the keynote when it was launched. I'm coming from a Series 3. And so I splurged a little bit and I went with the titanium 44 millimeter with the woven solo loop. So I I kind of went all the way on that. And, you know, it said the ship date slipped a week. And so I wasn't like the ship date said today, kind of like Friday the 25th, but it came earlier as, you know, sometimes those ship dates move sooner. And so Mm. I've had it since Monday of this week. So I've had it for about four or five days playing around with it. And so I have some thoughts for sure. And William, as you have questions, I would love to, to hear them. Honestly, there's not a huge, huge difference between the five and the six. Now coming from the four, you know, you have the always on screen is new. You have the always on altimeter and you have the blood oxygen sensor, which we will get to in a moment. For the sake of this kind of podcast review of the Series 6 and me coming from a Series 3, I have to say probably the biggest difference, again, coming from a 3 or earlier watch is that screen yeah. just feels ginormous. It feels huge. And I got the the 44 millimeter, but yeah, 3 to 6, it's such a big difference. I didn't realize it would be uh, such a big difference. But how did, do you remember that feeling going from your original to the 4? Oh, so much so. Yes. I, I mean, The screen seems so much bigger, but the watch itself doesn't, does it? It doesn't right. feel like this massive great lump on your arm. So I don't know how they did that, but that was the biggest difference between I went from a Series 1 to a Series 4. Well, I mean, there are plenty of other differences, but very immediately you knew it was far more usable for it. I'd loved the watch before, but now I don't know why. <laughs> it seems so much better. <laughs> right. And you know, Apple's great at that, make, making the old ones seem really old. Yes. But yeah, the screen is great. And the new watch faces, again, many of you, I'm sure, have had these like infograph type watch faces since the Series 4, but I have not. And so I am going on complication overload <laughs> and trying to figure out what watch face complications I should use. That infograph, I mean, you can have like nine complications on that one watch face. I will say I have not found, like I'm not, I don't gravitate towards the infograph with the hands because I feel like the hands cover up at least three to four complications at a time. And I can't seem to organize them in a way that's visually pleasing and also tell the time. So I've kind of stayed away from the hands version of the infograph face. Which one do you kind of gravitate towards or like to use? 
I have an incredibly minimal one that's uh, black background, white, Aaron, minute hand, grayish, second hand, and nothing else. That's what I have <laughs> most of the time. If I'm working, I'll swap it to something that has uh, you know, different time zones and things. And a few months ago now, there was something about screensavers for watch. And I, it was just an idea. There was no way to illustrate it with the actual thing. So I mocked up an image of the flying toasters, if you can remember that far back, <laughs> on my watch. And I've kept that because I just like it. Okay. So, very good. Very good. Yeah, I gravitate toward the, the modular infographic and I'm playing around with, with some of the other ones. I do like the striped new watch faces in Watch OS 7 where you can choose multiple stripes. You can have like, you know, one, two, three, up to I think five or six, seven stripes and change the colors of each stripe. That it's kind of nice customization. Let me talk first about the hardware of the Apple Watch Series 6. Uh, again, this is the titanium version. I have never had a titanium or ceramic one. I've I've done stainless steel for since since the first one. And the reason why is I'm not trying to be, you know, get the most expensive one, but I've actually found through my wife's actions on Apple Watches and my own that the glass makes a big difference uh, to durability and wear and tear. And if you don't know, all the aluminum Apple Watches have kind of that Ion X hardened glass, but the stainless steel versions, the titanium and the Hermes have sapphire glass on the front. And it is much more resistant to scratches and scrapes and scuffs and things like that. Uh, so that's why I do that. Do, which do no, you no, have no. a? So, so what do you do with your watch? <laughs> I've always gone for the cheapest possible. Sorry, and no, no, no. not a dent, not a scratch, not a smidgen of a pixel wrong ah. on it. And I have actually banged it into doors a couple of times, which is a horrible thing. Right. So you two are off roaders or <sighs> mountain climbers or something. Not even, not even. I'm not sure what it is. I guess for my wife, she had, I'd gotten her aluminum one originally and she kind of hit it against the kitchen counter in such a way that it kind of created a gash in the screen. And so I was like, okay, sapphire only for her. And that's worked great. And for me, I don't know, I guess it's doorways. I guess I walked through a lot of doorways. I have an older house. And so I don't know, maybe it hits it on the the lock mechanism as I'm walking through. I'm not sure, but but that's why I go with, with that. I will say the titanium version of the Apple Watch Series 6, it looks really great. It has that brushed exterior, so it's not as shiny as the stainless steel, which I realized I have a Milanese loop band from like my original Apple Watch. And that would look, I think, a little funny with the now titanium because it, it is a very different looking finish. It's nothing like the stainless steel. So I would keep that in mind as you're choosing bands and, and finishes. But, but it looks great. It feels great. The hardware just performs really well. The the digital crown feels great as well. I like the big difference. I'm not sure how the Series 4 is. Maybe you can tell me. But on the Series 3, on the left side of the watch, opposite the digital crown, there were the two horizontal openings for the speaker stacked on top of each other. And then there were two holes. I think one for, maybe they were both microphones, uh, but there was two little holes. So altogether, you had four openings on that side of the watch. On the Series 6, you only have two long slits, uh, I assume, acting as both speaker and microphone. What is it on the Series 4? Uh, it's the same two long slits, but okay. I think the microphone, if you look on the side with the digital crown, there's a small dot oh, underneath okay. it. I think that's where the microphone is, though. I'm, not, I'm guessing. No, uh, I but yes, I have the, 
the two slits. Yeah, I think you're yeah. right. So, but anyway, it does look great. It feels great. It is lighter than my Series 3 for sure. So I think if you're coming from a 5 or a 4, it's probably similar there. Uh, and just a, also a word on the loops. The new loop style is the sport loop and the woven loop, the solo loops, excuse me. And so it's one single piece of material. They don't separate and you have to order it by size. This has been kind of a thing in the news this past week because originally people were trying to return the loop that came with their Apple Watch and Apple was making them return both the watch and the solo loop because they were in a single transaction, a single SKU. And, you know, that's kind of a annoying having to return it. Uh, but now it seems like Apple backtracked and you can, if you call them or maybe if you do it in the store, you can return the solo loop by itself that came with your Apple watch for another size. So again, uh, unknown about that. Uh, if you tried that, reach out, let us know, tweet at us if that actually worked. But I did the sizing chart. You know, there's the sizing chart you can print out, which Apple this week actually updated its sizing chart with kind of new instructions telling people, you know, put it snug around your wrist, Put it where you wear your watch and, you know, keep it snug. And also the caveat that these solo loops will stretch out over time. And so maybe get one slightly smaller. Mm. My advice here is I ordered a woven solo loop with the watch. I also ordered a Florilastomer solo loop with the watch. When I tried those, it seems like even purchasing the same size, I was a size nine. I guess I have large wrists. So there you go. You all, you all know my watch <laughs> solo loop size now. Uh, you can send me a gift of, of a solo loop if you'd like. But the Floralastomer style fits to the size as measured with their little tool. The woven solo loops, I have found it is actually better to get a size down than what you measure with that printed out tool. And so I actually have a size nine solo loop floor elastomer style, and I have a size eight woven style, and those actually fit the same way. So for some reason, the woven solo loops seem to be slightly larger even given the same number size. So just a word of warning, if you're going to be ordering a solo loop, if you're going to get the floor elastomer, use the true to size number on that little printout tool. If you're going to go with a woven one, then I would go a size under what you measure. And that was actually the case for me and my wife. I got her a woven one and, and that was the case. So are you tempted by the woven or the uh, floor elastomer style solo loops? Uh, hang on a second. I'm just ordering you a loop oh, thank you very to much. send. Yeah, I'll, I'll send <laughs> well, my you know, iPad you as your loop comes over. That's what I'm thinking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I had a loop with my Series 4 and I liked it, but I actually gave it to my wife, Angela, because she has smaller wrists and uh, the loop seemed to just... Her watch was forever slipping off and now she uses it for that. As much as I like it, and actually I kind of miss having that loop, I have a, a wireless charger now by the bed and you would have to get the watch out of the loop in order to put it on the flat thing. So I went for it. I have a leather buckle that I just undo and drape it over, and I've never looked back since. Okay. No. All right, very good. Well, if you are interested, I actually went to my local Apple store. It recently reopened, and so I went there here in Central Florida. You did have to like wait in line. They were only allowing a certain number of people into the store, and you have to have an appointment, either a Genius Bar or a shopping appointment to kind of be put in the queue, as you would say, over in the UK. Yes. And also just a word about the solo loop bands. I do, they do feel great. Uh, the sport one, the floor elastomer solo loop, it is very comfortable and they're both water resistant, the, both the woven and the sport solo loop. And so you don't have to worry about any kind of water damage. They're both very comfortable. I really like the 
woven braided solo loop. Uh, I think it looks pretty nice. I got a blue one and a green one. So if you want to check them out, again, they are in some stores. I was at an Apple store and I was asking what sizes and if they had any in there. And they did have some woven solo loops and they had some sports solo loops. So if you want to try them out in the store, I don't know if you can try them on. I did see one or two people trying on Apple watches. You might need an appointment for that, but they do have some in stock in store if you'd like to to get one there. I just think you've done this whole thing in order to show off that you can say Florida uh, like, like. <laughs> Indeed. No. I did not plan. He asked me to spell it, and I'll have no idea. I, <laughs> I didn't have it anywhere in the notes, but I I wanted to try and refer to it in the in the proper term. But something that really surprised me about Watchbands, I bought my original Apple Watch with the the sports band and the, the made out of the thingy, and I, I bought it because I, I I didn't really want to buy an expensive strap to go with it. But then when I had it, I actually thought. I really like this. Why would I buy anything else? Yeah. But then months later, somebody actually gave me a band. And since then, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a small addict for new bands. Yeah. Yep. You would have thought. Yeah, I like to try many of them too as well. And so the bands are nice. So back to the actual watch itself. Again, the hardware is great. The titanium looks very nice. Curious about the durability over time. You know, stainless steel, if you ever had one of those, they do get pretty scratched up. You know, and you could use like polish to try and clean it up a little bit. I don't usually do that, but I'm curious the titanium durability over time. The watch itself, so it has the S6 chip in the Apple Watch. And I have to say, again, I'm coming from a Series 3 to a Series 6. And so some of you have felt these incremental increases, but the speed of the watch when doing any kind of task, whether it's opening an app, doing a HomeKit control command, using Siri, you're tapping a complication. My goodness, extremely fast. And so if you're coming from a Series 3 or earlier, for sure, you're going to see a huge difference. And it actually makes the watch more useful for me. I have a lot of shortcuts that I like to use, and I stopped using them on my Series 3 watch because they would fail sometimes or they would just take forever to run. And I have to say, with the new Series 6, I've found a new uh, appreciation for shortcuts on the watch because they actually work, and you can set them as a complication, and they run really fast. So the, the speed of the S6 processor in the watch is is great. And I don't know, how does the watch, the Series 4, feel still up to, at this point? It was so much faster than the one I had before. So our Series 1 to Series 4 feels like a similar right. leap in performance for you. I use Siri on it an incredible amount, um, far more. Now that it can speak back to me as well, I feel I have little shouts with my watch as I'm walking along. And um, although I, I usually use that minimalist face, um, I have ones with complications on, and they do launch so much faster that I've, I've, like you, I've returned to using right. these extra features. All of this I, I like, but the when the Series 5 came out, I was really, really tempted by the always-on. And that seems to me to still be the biggest difference that I would notice between my 4 and your 6. Uh, are you finding always-on is useful? That was going to be my next point. Oh. I was not a watch wearer before the Apple Watch. I did not typically wear one. And so not having an always-on screen for these however many years didn't bother me as much. So I do have the always-on display active. And so I will look down and, you know, I can see the time. I don't know if I am loving it. I was so used to lifting my wrist or tapping it to see the time that I sometimes just do it instinctively. Like I want to see the time. And so I'll raise my wrist a little bit and I realize oh, I didn't have to do that. Maybe over time, it, I'll find that I do really enjoy it. I did like it at one point, I had some people over the house and I didn't want to have some 
complicated watch face kind of always showing some infograph with nine complications. So I did the stripes watch face, which is very simple, minimalistic with the hands. And it was nice because I did glance down a couple times and I didn't have to move my wrist and I didn't have to be super obvious and I could see the time. And so I did appreciate it in those instances. I'm sure if I'm in like meetings and such, I like it too, but it's definitely a nice feature. I think if you were a watch wearer before Apple Watch, you'll probably really appreciate the always on screen. And one feature, which I didn't know this was even a thing, is that you can turn on like privacy always on display, meaning when it's on, but you haven't raised your wrist, it can hide your next calendar event. If you have that complication on, it can hide your heart rate and all that kind of stuff if you don't want to sing. So I do have that turned on because I I like to have my next calendar event on my watch. And yeah, I do prefer it not showing all the time. So you can do that, which is nice. I didn't know that. That's really good. Yeah. So with the always on display, one of the other things that I imagine the S6 chip helps with is battery life. And so, again, this is a brand new watch. And, you know, as you have a watch for several years, battery is going to degrade. But I will say the Series 6 battery life is doing very well. I charge it for maybe like an hour right before I go to sleep because I do wear it to track my sleep. And then I'll also throw it on the charger when I get in the shower. And I've not had any issue with battery life. I think the lowest it's gotten is like 45%. That's like, you know, I charged it before going to sleep and not again until... 24 hours later. So battery life is pretty good, even with the always on display active. And so I kind of like the idea that one day if the battery does start degrading, uh, I can turn off the always on display and maybe it'll give me some more hours in a day. But, But battery life is very good. And now we come to the blood oxygen sensor, which is the really brand new feature of this Apple Watch over the Series 5. So there's been kind of mixed reviews on this. Some people are saying that depending on where the watch is on their wrist, sometimes because it moves around, if you don't wear it very tight, that it does not take an accurate reading. That's a point of information. For me, every time I've tried to take it, the blood oxygen thing, I've not gotten a failure yet. It's always functioned. And when I've started the test, I'll start taking one now as I'm talking about it. You are supposed to stay still and keep your hands still and all that. I have a blood oxygen of like 97 to 98%, which I guess is good. I don't know if if the goal is 100. I'm not really sure. Uh, Do you have any idea on that? I don't. Uh, I have no blood oxygen, so there's nothing to measure here Mm. at all. Nothing. Mm, I don't understand what it tells you, you see, so I have no idea. That could be really bad, 97%. How do we know? Yeah, I could. I have no idea. And, you know, Apple, they, they have a bunch of disclaimers like, this is not a medical measurement and such and such. And it's like, well, can you at least tell me the goal? Like, I'm very goal oriented. And I would like to know is 98 good? Like, and so apparently I was taking a test as I was talking and, it, and this has been my first unsuccessful measurement. So I don't know if maybe, maybe it does not measure well while someone is talking. I'm not sure. I'm going to try it again. The times that I have done it and most of the time it's been successful, I get that 97, 98. It also does it while you sleep, which is kind of interesting because as you sleep, I know my watch probably moves up and down my wrist as I'm moving around. I just did another unsuccessful measurement, by the way. So maybe it doesn't do it while you're talking. Going through the measurements throughout the night, I do see it very, very widely in the numbers it's giving you because, again, my watch is probably moving around my arm as I sleep and all that. And so I have like 91, 92, sometimes, sometimes 98. So 
if you're one of those people that really goes back and kind of like pours over these numbers, it might make you feel like you're dying in your sleep. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. So I, I would not go by those sleep numbers, blood oxygen level numbers as you sleep as as some kind of thing. This is why Apple's saying don't use this as a medical measurement. But So that's a point of information. It, it works. Again, I just got my first two unsuccessful measurements at a time. So I would say the blood oxygen sensor is probably not a reason to upgrade to the six over the five or four. I don't think it's really ready for prime time as something that you regularly use to measure that. I was surprised how much I wanted a Series 5. Uh, as much as I love my, I still love my Series 4. The 5, because of the always-on, I kind of lusted after that. Uh, and for some reason, I'm not feeling that with the 6. I, I, I see why you like it so much, and if I was still on my 1, I would be running uh, to it. But I am so happy with my 4. I'll see what happens with Series 7. And so I'll round out this view of the Series 6 with this thought. What Apple Watch should you get if you're in the market for a new one? This episode is brought to you by Nebia by Moen Spa Shower. Yes, you heard that right. I'm so excited to tell you about this new sponsor, the Nebio by Moen Spa Shower. I love the story of this company. It was actually co-founded by one of the guys on the iPhone team. And he, among other developers from Tesla and other NASA engineers, wanted to develop a superior shower experience while saving water. The company originated in Mexico City where water shortages were a big problem, and they came to Silicon Valley to raise money. Tim Cook was one of Nebia's first investors, and to date, Nebia has saved over 175 million gallons of water. There's actually a calculator on their website, and it will tell you actually how much money you would save in a year by using the Nebia by Moen Spa Shower. But let me tell you about the shower itself. The Nebia by Moen is super easy to install. I have to be honest, I'm not a super handy guy, and so the idea of changing a shower head was a little intimidating at first. But I have to say, the instructions and the parts that they give you in the Nebia by Moen shower is so easy to follow and easy to do. I was actually able to swap out the shower in about 15 to 20 minutes. It is super easy, so don't be intimidated by it. The shower looks great, and you can even get it with this wand attachment. And I have to tell you, you got to try the wand. It's so cool. It actually has this little dome that sticks on the side of the shower, and it's a magnet that the wand attaches to the dome. So it's magnetized, and you can move it around. Really cool. But the best part about the Nebula by Moen shower is that it's an awesome shower experience. It actually envelops you with water, both from the head and the wand, if you get it with that attachment. And again, I encourage you to get that wand. It's really cool. The Nebula by Moen shower actually uses smaller droplets of water over a larger surface area, and it gives great coverage in the shower. And I actually learned a new term from them because this is a big deal. Thermal comfort. And that translates to, does the shower get hot? And it absolutely does. It feels great using the Nebula by Moen shower, and it rinses amazingly well. Whether it's shampoo or whatever other soap, it's rinse-ability. They can go and run with that word. Their rinse-ability is incredible. And so it feels great, it's fun to use, and you know you're actually saving a bunch of water. The Nebula by Moen Spa Shower is available in four different finishes. I actually got the spot-resistant nickel finish, and I have to say, it just looks great in my shower. And I also have to say, my kids actually love the shower. So if you struggle to get your kids in the shower, this might actually help encourage them to do it. I know it's helped my three kids. They love using the wand and the Nebula by Moen Shower overall. They also have some beautiful accessories to match, like wall shelves and things like that. Check out all of that on their website. 
Get a shower that looks great, feels great, envelops you with water, and you can know you are saving water in the process. The Nebbia by Moen Spa Shower starts at just $1.99, and for Apple Insider listeners, we have a deal for you. You can get 15% off anything on Nebbia's website just for listeners of Apple Insider. Nebbia usually doesn't do sales like this, so this is an incredible opportunity for you to jump on it. Go to Nebbia, that's N-E-B-I-A dot com slash Apple Insider. Take a look at all their stuff, and you can use the coupon code Apple Insider, all one word, when checking out. That's Nebbia.com slash Apple Insider, and get 15% off anything on their website. You can also find the link in show notes, click it there, and it'll take you straight to their website. Our thanks to Nebbia by Moen for sponsoring this episode. What Apple Watch should you get if you're in the market for a new one? What complicates this question is Apple is still selling the Series 3 for $200, which after experiencing the newer screen design and size on the Series 4 and newer, I feel like continuing to sell the Series 3 is somewhat of a travesty. Like it would be unfortunate for someone to buy a brand new Series 3 today. Mm. Yeah, I just I don't think that's that's a good option. You have the Apple Watch SE which is the inexpensive Apple Watch model. It's $280 here in America. You can get both sizes. You can get a 40 millimeter and a 44 millimeter, but you cannot get a stainless steel or higher model. They only come in aluminum. So that's the SE models. And then they also come in those different colors. And then you have the Series 6, as far as this is what you can buy from Apple. I'm sorry, I've got to say this, the pleasure in your voice when you said the Series 6. That's the one I've got. It's really good. It's just, it, was, it came over there. And that well, was great. and listen again, I, I'm coming from a Series 3, so it is a huge oh. difference for, from that. But I will say with a level head, if you are in the market for a new Apple Watch, if you have a 5, I don't think it's a reason to upgrade. You know, the blood oxygen sensor, again, it's not consistent measurements. And again, what it really can tell you, I don't know if that is a valuable enough feature. And if you have a five, you already have an always on display. So I don't think it's probably worth it to upgrade from a five. If you have a four, I would say if your battery life is still good, maybe hold out, like you're saying, till the seven. If you have been waiting for the always on display and you just really want that particular feature, sure, go for the six and, you know, hope you're happy with that as well. I would almost recommend, number one, I would not get the Series 3 new today. I don't think that's a good option, especially that you can't do the family setup. Like if you want to give it to a child or some family member and do the family setup thing, you can't do that with the Series 3. No. So I would not recommend that. If you have a 3 or older Apple Watch and you're in the market to upgrade, but maybe you don't want to spend the money on a Series 6 right now, I would encourage you to check out like the refurb market either Apple Watch refurbished directly from Apple or even Amazon. My wife had a Series 2 for a long time and it was the battery was really degrading. And so it was looking into upgrading her Apple Watch and she didn't care for an always-on display. She wasn't a typical watch wearer before the Apple Watch. She really just likes to get notifications and use Siri on it. So I actually got her a stainless steel Series 4 refurbished which you can find great deals on Amazon and elsewhere for watches like that. And so before you jump on the Series 6, I would honestly consider look at a Series 4, maybe Series 5 refurbished model, third party, 
or you know aftermarket like Amazon or some other website before you jump straight to the Series Six new. Um, if you just really want the latest and greatest, then yeah, absolutely, you know, go for the six. But the blood oxygen sensor is I'm not sure a reason to upgrade. And so if you have a five, I think you're good. If you have a four or older and you're just wanting a slightly newer watch, maybe look for a Series Five refurbished uh, before you jump to the six. So. That's my general recommendation for you. You actually sound quite down on the Apple Watch SE, which looked to me in a lot of ways like a Series 6 with just a few bits missing. Are, are you not keen? Um, I guess it is probably a very good option. If you typically go for the aluminum ones anyway, then yeah, you're, you're probably right. That is actually a great option. Yeah. And I keep in the back of my mind for me, I kind of only consider the sapphire glass model ones. And again, when I was shopping for my wife, I knew she needed one, otherwise it was going to break. <laughs> so I guess I looked for those stainless steel refurbished. But yeah, the Apple Watch SE is a good option for sure. If, if you're good with the aluminum, you're good with those colors. Yeah, I think the Apple Watch SE, I think you can get it with a cellular connection. So you can you know upgrade to that if you'd like. Yes. And that would definitely work for the family sharing especially if you wanted to get it for a kid or, or another family member. So yeah, you're right. I would consider the, the Apple Watch SE if you want a new, new Apple Watch. And if not, you know, look at the refurbished market as well. But that's a good point. Does that tempt you or your wife at all, the SE over the four? No, actually. Uh, I, I, if I was coming new to it, I think I would be drawn to the SE. because I have heard about uh, people who have bought the Sapphire screen can't go back there's yeah. enough of a difference there but I'm, i've never even really seen one so i love the screen i've got um i would i would be really torn between the se and the six and i think i would probably come down on the se side just because of the extra health features are interesting but i'm not concerned about them so yeah i think that would be a good choice if you don't if you've never had an apple watch and you do want to buy a new one yeah i think that is a good option the, the apple watch se you should definitely look to that all right, so we want to get to some iOS 14 tips and widgets since we've lived with it for a couple of weeks now. But I did want to mention that the big rumor that came out this past week was the possible iPhone 12 event. And so there's some leaks that there could be an Apple event on October 13th and that this could be the big iPhone 12 event and release. And then our friend John Prosser, who actually tweeted the headline from Apple Insider, the article written by Malcolm Owen, the Apple iPhone 12 event rumored for October 13th as Eddie Q promotes services to UK carrier staff. John Prosser also confirmed that he was told that the event is going to be October 13th, pre-orders for the iPhone 12 on October 16th, and then in stores on October 23rd. So this kind of matches up with some of the ideas we've talked about on the show. I felt like they were going to have a second event in October for that iPhone 12. And I think we'll also see maybe AirPod Studio and maybe the first Apple Silicon-based Mac that Tim Cook said would be released before the end of the year. Are you waiting on bated breath for that, William? Are you going to jump on it? Uh, right now, today... I'm feeling like I can resist anything. Uh, after they've released the 12, uh, I will change my mind. Uh, it is the Apple Silicon that I've kind of got my eyes focused on yes. at the moment. So that's that's where I'm definitely going. Uh, what about you? Because you'll need something to replace the iPad Pro that you're going to send yes, me, yes, aren't you? That's exactly yes. right. That's exactly Serious right. Serious point there. It would be great if they just put that A14 in the iPad Pro and called it a day. I'd be fine with that, an A14X, and, and I would upgrade. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to be hard to justify a new laptop because I do have a 16-inch MacBook Pro, but... I don't know. The first Apple Silicon Mac, it's a little historic. I don't know. We'll see if it's mm. we'll see if it's tempting when it's announced. 
my 2018 Mac Mini is struggling a bit, uh, particularly now that I'm driving a 49-inch monitor. <laughs> uh, which That's... I must admit, I'm telling you partly because I sound so cheap. I'm not buying a watch. I'm not buying an iPhone 12. <laughs> but you have but, a TV you know. size monitor. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we get it. We get it. What is the what is the model of that monitor? I'm just curious. Oh, please don't. It's all got all these letters. Well, what's the what's the the make? It's a Samsung 49 inch ultra wide curved display. I was just looking around my office to see if I've still got the box in here because the box is so big, I've got nowhere to put it. I put it in my office at night and I take it out when I come in <laughs> in the day. Uh, I could have seen the name on the side, but um, oh, it's a Samsung Expensive. Ah, I think that's what very it's good. Yeah, that's the official yeah. model name. Yeah, <laughs> it's on. It looks like it's on Amazon. I love the resolution of it as well. Oh, right. It's not Retina, but it's so much better than I had before. It feels really good to use. Is it pretty bubbly in the bag? Like, is it pretty like thick monitor? Uh, a little bit. I was actually, I was very hesitant because I believe the curve was very pronounced. It, in all the reviews I saw, all the photographs, it looked huge. But on my desk now, um, it, uh, I'm aware there's a curve, but it's not too pronounced and it fits on the desk very nicely. I just know I went, I got a tape measure out the other day to see whether it was really 49 inches because you kind of get used to the size so quickly. And I thought, no, this isn't 40, oh, because it's curved. So yeah, when I pressed the tape against the screen, it was oh. 49. So there is a, a pronounced curve, but it's just right. It's just excellent. That's what it is. Does the curve help with glare? Does it lessen the glare? Uh, I do. Uh, that's a good point it must do there's only one case there's one meeting i have uh, over zoom that's of a certain time of night that in my office the sun comes in at a bad angle and i have had that recently and not noticed a glare i simply didn't think about it so either it was cloudy or yes it works so <laughs> there you go that's the detail you can get <laughs> that's the kind of reporting you can expect so and it's hdmi is that right yes it is there's a display port i think or something uh but i haven't got anything that will plug into that yeah. so apparently it's limited to a 60 hertz refresh rate but it's honestly so much better than uh my last monitor that Okay. Yes, I like it. I love the fact that my get my uh, I, wa I walk from one end of the screen to the other, and my watch says I've done enough for the day. You know that's <laughs> that's what we want. That's it's, hilarious. Well, I'm going to confirm that this is the right one, but I'll put a link in show notes to William's monitor. So <laughs> yeah. even though he's making me uh, feel bad about my stainless steel, sapphire, titanium watches, you all can see this <laughs> audacious monitor <laughs> that is sitting in front of William right now. Yep, yeah, that's definitely the one. Okay, so I wanted to do a part of the show where we talked about some of the iOS 14 features and widgets, things like that, that have kind of come out since the release of iOS 14. You know, we've covered some widgets and some of the changes, but these are really going to be things that we definitely haven't talked about on the show before and maybe things that we have discovered since updating to iOS 14 that uh, we like or don't like or features that we use. And so are you running iOS 14 on all your stuff, your phone and iPad OS? Yes, I am. Actually, I'm still on the beta f uh, with my uh, spare phone, so that's on 14.2 at the moment. But yes, it's 14 everywhere, and I'm liking it very much, except I think you've had a lot more luck with widgets than I have. Um, I'm hanging on for OmniFocus, which is bringing widgets in its next version, but I haven't got that yet. Um, right. So really, I've just been playing with, with Apple's ones, and you found more, haven't you? Well, I, I would... I've found 
two that I really like. There's actually just this past week, Fantastical updated their app and built out a bunch of widgets. And I will say their widgets are excellent for calendar stuff, especially if you use different calendar sets within Fantastical. Maybe you have a work calendar set and a family calendar and a shared calendar set. You can actually have widgets per calendar set. Uh, So that's really useful and pretty cool. And their widgets just look really nice. And I actually have one of their widgets on one of my home screen where you can actually see the month calendar with the day highlighted. And you can see your your next events uh, to the right of that with the date and the weather because Fantastical gives you the weather actually for the day, at least the high, low and general conditions. So, Oh, I'm having that. I've got Fantastical. I love yeah, Fantastical. Yeah. I didn't know about the widgets. Oh, right. Hello. Yeah. Uh, talk faster. I want to get <laughs> yeah. off on 10 levels. Yeah, yeah. Very good. So the, the Fantastical widget, I have to say, is very good. And I do, I use the stock weather widget, the Fantastical widget, and then I've also use the things widget. But the thing about things and about all third-party widgets, this is not the developer's issue, but this is just a functionality thing about widgets, is that you cannot interact with things without launching the app. Like it's really just displaying information. And when you tap the widget, it opens the app. And so with things, you can have your tasks for the day show up in the widget and you actually see the little checkbox next to the task, but you cannot check it off in the widget. Tapping the widget just opens the app and you can check it off there. So I imagine one day, hopefully that functionality will come. But the things widgets are still very nice. And if you'd like to see your tasks at a glance on a home screen, I'd encourage you to do that. I'd like to take a moment to tell you about Harbor London. Harbor London is an awesome company that makes leather products, whether it's bags, sleeves, carryalls, and accessories for your Apple products. Some of their favorite products for me personally is I love their Nomad Organizer for iPad Pro. It's a zippered organizer where you can fit your 11-inch iPad Pro with the Magic Keyboard into a slot. And it has rooms for business cards, for your phone, for headphones, a couple cables. And it's a great piece to just take with you on the go. So check out their Nomad Organizer. And they have sleeves for all your different devices, both from iPhone, iPad, and your MacBook, all the way up to the MacBook Pro 16-inch. And they actually have a brand new sleeve that just launched for that MacBook Pro and iPad line. They also have wallets and Apple Watch straps, just great leather products. So I encourage you to check them out at harborlondon.com. You can find a link to show notes. Our thanks to Harbor London for their support of Apple Insider. So a couple features that aren't readily noticeable, but that you might find really useful is the back tap in iOS 14. And so if you don't know what this is, this is actually in the accessibility features in settings. So on your iPhone, if you go to settings and you go to accessibility, you can go down and there is a back tap option and you can actually program two taps or three taps and you can actually have it do different things when you tap the back of the phone. And so you can program it to take a screenshot. You can program it to launch Control Center if you tap the back of the phone. And you can even program it to do a Siri shortcut when you double or triple tap the back of the phone. You can see all your shortcuts as an option for the taps. So um, I don't have a shortcut, but I do have Control Center as a double tap. And I have take a screenshot as a triple tap. So I can actually triple tap the back of my phone and it takes a screenshot automatically. So I don't have to try and shift the phone in my hand and get the volume and 
sleep button. So the back tap is a very interesting feature, and I would explore that with especially some of the shortcuts that you can use for that. Did you have any back taps uh, programmed on your phone? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, shortcuts all the way. Uh-huh. Uh, I have a double tap on mine that runs. Uh, I do lots of writing workshops, lots of companies. I double tap this, and it, it talks me through which company, which workshop, where is it, uh, pops about 20 tasks into OmniFocus with all the correct dates and things like that. And that's now a double tap away for me. And I use a triple tap to turn on Do Not Disturb, launch uh, the video recording camera app that I use uh, so that I can go straight into recording something. Uh, and then when I come out of that app, um, it puts Do Not Disturb back off again and things. So, yeah, I, I, I want to do more with it. I would like there to be more possible taps, but those two are really useful. It's yeah, great. Yeah, yes. very nice. Favorite feature besides uh, smart stacking widgets, I think. Right. Yeah. So that's another good point. Back to widgets. Uh, we had a couple of people tweet at myself and Apple Insider about using third-party widgets in stacks. And I want to confirm, like, you can use third-party widgets and add them to a stack. You know, sometimes when you do the smart stack creation directly, like you tap add a new widget, do smart stack, it gives you limited options. But if you already have a stack or if you just have a style widget on your home screen already, tap and hold the home screen so it goes into jiggle mode, which is the official Apple word for it now. Hit the plus button to add a widget and then you can tap and hold and drag a widget of the same size onto a widget you already have. And that could be a third-party widget like things onto a weather widget, like a stock weather widget, and it will create a stack automatically. So you can create those stacks kind of on the fly. You don't have to do it from that stack widget that you get when you do the plus button. So what kind of widgets do you have in your stacks, William? Well, fairly standard. I'm going to add Fantastical, uh, obviously, but um, I added the clock because I realized I was using that quite a bit. Um, I, I, te- I like the apps I've got on my front screen. They've taken me years to get there, and I didn't like to surrender a lot of space for it. So I have no widget on the front screen. I will swipe to the second, and up at the top I have a smart stack, which uh, at this time of day as we're recording is showing me the news headlines, mm-hmm. but in the morning it's showing me some podcasts and listening to things, and uh, I do have weather, I do have a map in there, but it's really the news and podcasts that I use for it at the moment. But that will change, seriously, that will change with Fantastic Al, and that might even be enough to earn a space on my front page. I'm very excited about that. I'm the same way. I have not surrendered my first home page to widgets. I have I have all my apps there, kind of just how I like. So yeah, we'll see if yeah. we'll update our listeners as we go if, if a widget eventually takes the place yes. of some of our home screen apps or some of the other features in iOS 14. The precise location toggle. I tweeted out a couple of days ago that I love turning that off for all the apps that don't need your precise location. And so if you go into the settings app and you go to privacy and location settings for every app, there is a toggle now for allow precise location and you can choose to turn that off so apps like weather apps maybe use a third-party weather app it doesn't need to know your exact house location which would be your precise location it can just know your general vicinity and still provide accurate weather predictions and so you can turn off precise location for as many apps as you like i honestly turned it off for most of them except like apple maps because obviously for directions i want precise location and i think like find my and something else so turning off that precise location is a great privacy addition to ios 14 did you mess around with that setting at all or not yet 
No, actually, I, I saw you talking about it. Uh, I thought that is a really sweet. But, uh, except if I'm willing to let something identify where I am, I'm happy for it to be able to pin me down to the right seat. Even <laughs> So I haven't looked yet, but when you describe it like that, yeah, I'm going to take a minute and go through that as well. Yeah, right. yeah. I always enjoy restricting uh, access to me, <laughs> different apps, you know, <laughs> Facebook. Uh, well, I didn't have location on for Facebook anyway, but like Instagram even, you know, maybe you want precise location for Instagram when you post. But honestly, you can just type a search location when you post a photo and it's just fine. So I turned off precise location for Instagram as well. <clears throat> So a couple other quick things. So you can enable and disable home screens. You know, this was a feature where you can hide an entire home screen of apps if you'd like to do that. It's not exactly intuitive how to do it. So in case you didn't know, tap and hold on your home screen somewhere to go into that jiggly mode to edit things. And then you actually tap on the dots that represent your different pages. It's right above your dock on your iPhone. It's those however many dots you have of home screens. But you actually tap on those dots and then it brings up the option to uncheck an entire home screen if you'd like to hide it or re-enable it. It doesn't delete it. It just hides it temporarily and you can always enable it later. So that's how you remove an entire home screen, at least temporarily. And another setting to go along with that, as you may know, as you install new apps on your iPhone or iPad, you know, those apps always just kind of place themselves wherever they like on the home screen. You know, it doesn't ask you where it to put it. It just puts itself on a home screen. But now in iOS 14, if you go to settings and you go to home screen, you can actually tell new apps to go directly to the app library, the far right home screen now on iOS 14, and not show itself on a home screen uh, by itself. So the app won't show up on a home screen randomly. It'll just go directly to the app library and you don't have to drag it somewhere or hide it. Uh, You can have it do that automatically. So that's a pretty cool feature as well. For settings, there's also a new jump back feature. So if you're in settings and you go several layers down, like maybe you go to accessibility and you go to the touch and all that kind of stuff, you can actually tap and hold on the text in the top left corner of the settings, whether wherever it is, wherever you're, whatever it says at the moment, if you tap and hold on it, it'll actually give you a little drop down menu to jump to any of the previous pages that you were through. It kind of shows you the breadcrumb trail and you can automatically jump back to one of those pages. So kind of a nice way to get back to other settings without having to swipe left to right constantly. You also have the ability to add captions to photos in iOS 14. I didn't know that. I actually just saw that from another video. And so you can add captions. Have you already been doing that? No, I had no idea. I'm learning so much. I didn't know about the jumping back to settings. I I do that in OmniFocus. You can press and hold and it will just take you back up to the top level. But this sounds even even better. Even better. (laughs) What is my job? Better. Even better. That's right. Yeah. You can also have uh, shortcuts you can set custom app icons through shortcuts. You know, I'm sure if you're on Twitter, you've probably seen the many people tweeting their home screens and it has like random pictures for app icons. They're basically doing that through shortcuts. And another tool you can use to really customize the kind of icons and widgets on your home screen is Widgetsmith. Widgetsmith is a great third-party app. Uh, it's by David Smith. He makes a bunch of apps, but uh, Widgetsmith specifically for kind of creating widgets uh, that that you would like. And it's a very powerful third-party application. So I encourage you to check that out. I'll put a link to show notes in that app. And the last thing I'll mention here, just kind of in the iOS 14 general things, picture-in-picture picture was a new feature that came with iOS 14. And so if you go to, let's say, apple.com, and you start watching a video there, or most websites, if you start watching a video, there is now that picture-in-picture icon where you can 
put the video in a picture in picture and then you can go about doing other things on your phone. You can go home, you can go to other apps and the video will keep playing on your screen. When you do that, you can actually pinch in if you want to make it bigger. You can kind of have it go the full width of your phone, a picture in picture, or you can shrink it a little bit if you're already in that full screen mode. You can swipe it off to the right side of the screen if you want the audio to keep playing, but hide the video. So you can swipe it off to the side, tap it so it comes back in. So all those are the built-in picture-in-picture features that work on many websites, but notably, it does not work with YouTube. And this has been this kind of saga this week as it was working with YouTube and then they kind of disabled it, then they enabled it just for YouTube Premiere. You know, if you pay for that adless YouTube plan, the $10 a month, then you could do picture-in-picture. And now it seems to be disabled once again. I'm not able to activate picture-in-picture inside YouTube. And so there is a series shortcut that was developed by Jonas Reitman, and I'll put a link to his shortcut in show notes. This shortcut, if you're actually watching a YouTube video in the YouTube app, you can launch this shortcut, and it will open the YouTube video in Safari in a web browser, and it should give you picture-in-picture. I found it's not super consistent. Again, I think YouTube is trying very hard to not let you do picture-in-picture. I'm not sure why, but they're just <laughs> just doing that. You know, hopefully it might work if you try the shortcut. So I'll put a link in show notes to that shortcut. You know, if you click the link, you can install the shortcut right on your iPhone or iPad, and you can try it there and let us know if it, if it works for you. But there's so many new features too in iOS 14. You know, hopefully you learned something new here, but we'll put links to the articles and show notes. Pages, keynote, and numbers were also updated for iOS 14. There's tips for customizing your control center. All of those links are in show notes and encourage you to check them out. I don't know, William, has there been another feature that you really love from iOS 14 or maybe on your iPad or something that you're hoping to see and we haven't gotten yet? I confess I am quite entertained by the scribble oh, yeah. feature. It's it's close to unworkable for me because my handwriting is so poor, <laughs> but I really enjoy it. I love scrubbing out something I've written uh, and having it. I mean, I flash back to the Newton and it's so much better than that. Mm. Uh, I can see if somebody has even a roughly uh, legible handwriting, uh, you could well swap over to that for everything and it's such fun so that's that's been my guilty pleasure late at night yeah. uh scribbling into the address bar in safari and seeing if we can uh go somewhere on the ipad and you can it's great it, it is amazing how well that recognizes and translates handwriting even poor handwriting so it is a very cool feature if you have an apple pencil I would encourage you check that out very cool well we hope you learned something in our ios 14 tips and updates and hope you enjoyed our apple watch series 6 quasi review we'd love to hear your feedback or if you have questions for either of us you can tweet at william and myself our twitter handles are in the show notes you can find them there you can also shoot us an email i've had people emailing me here and there with some questions and i love those and kind of answer them back so you can do that that link is in show notes if you haven't yet we'd appreciate a five-star rating and review in apple podcast there's been several of you doing that kind of every week which is awesome leave us that five-star rating and review in apple podcast we greatly appreciate that and don't forget to check out HomeKit insider we actually have an awesome interview that's coming out this Monday. We still cover the HomeKit news and the upcoming HomeKit products, but uh, we also have a great interview on that show. So check out HomeKit Insider as well. Search for it in your podcast app of choice. Thanks for joining us this week. We'll catch you next time.